You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. What's going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio, episode number 208. Who cares? I'm Jimmy Kemsky with, uh, who do I work for? Phillyvoice.com. With mm-hmm. me, as always, is Brandon Lee Gowden of BleedingGreenNation.com. Brandon, a lot to get to, I think. We had a game. We had a, a spirited, quote-unquote, practice in the bubble on Sunday evening. How you doing, buddy? Jimmy, there's so much to get to. I can't even tell you how I'm doing. We'll never know. <laughs> but uh, before we get into the pod, obviously, right to Stone Crafter, you go there. Right to sell.com, just gonna code BDN15 for 15% off. Uh, Jimmy, we'll do our normal bat it back and forth, uh, format, I feel like, with our takeaways. Um, I guess do you want to start with the game first? Or yeah, do let's see that. All? I mean, the big thing from the game, obviously, was that Jalen Hurts was the, the surprise scratch. Uh, after he became a surprise scratch, they just said, okay, well, Lane, you're not playing and, uh, neither are you, Jason Kelsey, and neither are you, Brandon Brooks. And it was basically just Jordan Mailata. Uh, Isaac Samuelo and back up uh, offensive lineman thereafter. And then uh, defensively, I don't think they were going to, these guys are going to play anyway. I don't think Jalen Hurts' absence affected these guys in any way, but the entire uh, starting defensive line uh, didn't play in addition to a couple of their top, um, you know, reserves, whether you want to call Derek Barnett or Josh Sweater reserve. Uh, and then also Kerrigan didn't play. And I don't know if I'm missing somebody there, but they were missing a lot of guys in that game and it showed and they got, they got their asses handed to them, but to the tune of 35 to nothing. And it was just a really, really ugly and also kind of boring hmm. preseason game to watch. And I think that, you know, you know, you and I have, have uh, talked at length about the Joe Flacco signing this offseason, but I think uh, we sort of saw what it will look like if uh, Jalen Hurts is missing for any period of time during the season, whether that be to injury or whatever. Uh, I think because that's pretty much what he looked like in that game looked a lot like what he looked like at times last year when he played for the Jets. Jimmy, I think it was the worst preseason game. I've ever watched <laughs> really? in terms of like, yeah, I mean, the takeaways were limited. It was so boring. Like you said, uh, so it I'll, was really I'll, bad. hold on. I'll cut. Let me cut you off real quick there. I would say that I've seen some worse fourth preseason games, like the, the, like the throwaway game, the scrub game. I would agree that this is the worst preseason game that I've ever seen where like, you know, it wasn't just all third stringers. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's kind of goes into it. You know, my expectations for those games are lower. You know, this one, yeah. there were some starters. <laughs> right. And and for as, like, I know, like, we can say that the starters weren't playing as a, a whole, and that's true, but, like, some of the players, or a good amount of players who were playing against the Patriots, like, are going to be on this team. Yeah, they're so, going like, to be contributors, for sure. It's not like, uh, I don't think it's time to press the panic button because of that loss, but it's not, like, totally irrelevant and, like, it holds no meaning at all. Um, but I think the biggest 
takeaway, as we say, and we reiterate here, is that, you know, keeping people healthy is the biggest goal. So, you know, they accomplished that, at least. That is a positive. You know, they didn't have any key players get hurt. The Jalen Hurts thing was weird, Jimmy. Uh, going into Thursday's preseason game, you know me. I'm I'm big on the vibes. I, I'm, I'm all, like, that's that's what I put a lot of stock into, how things feel. And going into Thursday, it felt like things were kind of trending positively. Yeah. The, mm-hmm. the Eagles have these good practices against the Patriots. I was kind of almost like ready to write something about this, but I kind of wanted to see how the game would go. So I was yeah. thinking, like, you know, maybe they can build on this and they'll even have another kind of nice preseason game, kind of like they had against the Steelers. But then they didn't. And then the Hurts thing was just weird. And then, like, the vibes were thrown off. And uh, Seamus and Jess had touched on this on the BGN Radio uh, post game show, but um, but yeah, that that was just my takeaway from the weirdness of that all with Hertz and everything. Um, but my biggest observation from the game itself, my biggest takeaway, I mean, what could it, else could it be than Devontae Smith, Jimmy, who right. look didn't get off to the best start ever. He had a couple drops. Now, you know, I don't think they were all his fault in terms of like the first one, Joe Flacco got the ball out late. The second one was admittedly Devontae Smith's fault. Didn't get his head turned around. Although, in fairness, I don't think he's even like worked with Joe Flacco a lot in practice because Devontae is usually running with the ones. He probably anyway. hasn't worked with him at all in practice. Yes, yeah, if at all. Because so Joe like, Flacco hasn't gotten any first team reps. Right. And I don't think Devontae Smith has gotten any second or third team reps. Yep. And, you know, even if they have, it wouldn't have been recently. It would have been earlier in camp, if anything. Right. So I'm not, you know, I'm not really putting a lot into that one. Um, and then well, he just that the, he played at all was kind of a pleasant surprise. Sure. And I thought he looked good. Like, I know the, the numbers and whatever, or the drops are like, it's not about that. Like, just look at the routes he ran, like the way he got off the line of scrimmage. I mean, there was that clip going around from Nate Tice, who put out like the clips of yeah. both Jalen Rager and, uh, Devontae Smith running like the same routes on the boundary. And you just see Devontae, like, you just can't even get a hand on him. And that's, that's, I think, a big reason why we talk about like, I'm just not concerned about his size and press coverage and everything. Like, cornerbacks can't get their hands on him. Like, he is like, he's just not going to let you touch him. He, he looked really good as a route runner. And even though it wasn't this monster performance, I'm like very encouraged by him. Yeah. So he played mostly the exposition. Um, up on line, up on line of scrimmage, which, you know, if you're going to play that position in the NFL, you got to be able to consistently beat press coverage. And, uh, I thought he did that. Like, you know, you see a lot of bigger players playing that spot, but smaller guys can do it too. If they can be pressed with, you know, footwork and quickness and deception. And I think those are things that he's good at. So, um, when you look at sort of the way the Eagles wide receiver configuration is, is the way that it's going to be heading into the season, um, he's probably going to be the X. And then I would say Rager is probably going to be in the slot. Uh, he'll also <laughs> probably get some looks at the Z position and Quez Watkins can maybe, uh, like Quez Watkins isn't likely to play, you know, the X position, uh, but he can play the Z and he mm-hmm. can play some slot too. So yeah. if those are the three guys that are your starters, that's a lot of speed on the field. It's just they don't have that bigger receiver. And actually, I don't know if we can move on to point number two here, but sure. uh, my next thing was going to be that, or point number three, was going to be that Travis Fulgham's had a pretty bad camp. Yeah. And he's done nothing in the, he, uh, did he have, I don't think he's had any catches in either of the two games so far. Um, he's had one target, yeah. And he just hasn't made plays. Uh, he's left plays on the field. And I thought that like heading into this training camp, it was sort of like he sort of had to beat out Greg Ward to mm-hmm. me. Which, in my opinion, was sort of a low bar, uh, given Greg. I mean, Greg Ward has, has been a guy that, you know, he's done something that many Eagles receivers over the last half decade haven't been able to do, which is actually catch the football. But he's wholly unthreatening as a guy that's going to get yards after the catch and as a downfield target. So 
he's a guy that's very easily replaceable, in my opinion. And I thought that it was a low bar for Travis Fulgham to come in and show that he deserved more playing time over a guy like Greg Ward. Now, since that time, uh, Quez Watkins has, you know, made huge strides forward and has clearly passed Fulgham. And I don't think that Fulgham's done anything to warrant playing time over Greg Ward, uh, which again is, was, was sort of a low bar for him to try to clear. And, um, you know, I don't think he's any threat at this point to be a starter. He shouldn't be. And, uh, you know, those three guys that I mentioned, Rager, Rager, uh, Smith and, and, uh, and Watkins, they're probably going to be your three starters, uh, heading into this season at, at the wide receiver position, which is a huge upset for, for Fulgham, who, in my opinion, like not only has probably lost the, you know, a starting spot, but also could be in danger of just not even making the team at all. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I kind of remember thinking that was possible. Like going into the offseason, I could see like an outcome where, you know, the concerns that basically got him, uh, in the doghouse last year kind of like continued and, mm-hmm. and carried over. And I think you asked wouldn't... me like what, what, what percentage chance I thought he would have of not making the team. Yeah. Like I had him as like a near, I think I probably had it around like two <laughs> percent mm-hmm. and, uh, that, that might wind up being wrong. Yeah, so we'll see still. I st- I still have him on my latest 53, but yeah, we'll see. Um, but yeah, it's not great for him. Uh, my next one, Jimmy, would be Kenny Gainwell. I think he's looked a lot better in the preseason games than mm-hmm. he has so far, uh, in the practices that we've seen. And specifically, we obviously knew he kind of had a pass catching background, but he's been decent as a runner too, which is yes. good to see. Um, now he, I don't think he's really gone up against starters or at least many starters. I guess he did maybe early against the Patriots, but, um, beyond that hasn't done. So, you know, there's still a lot to prove there. And I still think, uh, Boston Scott might be ahead of him at the beginning of the season, but I don't know. Now I'm kind of rethinking like he might have more of like a, he, he'll have like some kind of role player, like very limited touch kind of role. Um, yeah. So I think he's been kind of one of the nice bright spots of the preseason. They did show on that, I think it was the first offensive play of the game uh, against the Patriots. They had him and Miles Sanders on the field uh, at the same time, which I'm not huge on two wide receiver or excuse me, two uh, running back sets. Like I don't see the, like a huge advantage to that, but they did show it. So uh, it's something, it's another way that they can possibly use him. Like you would only do that if the, you know, if, if one of those running backs like is a legit like weapon, like, like has like, you know, NFL wide receiver slot skills, like can, like could actually play the slot at wide receiver in the NFL. So maybe he can be that. But, uh, yeah, as you mentioned, he, he's been better in the games than, than what we saw early in practice. And, you know, I think we had noted on the podcast previously, he, he was a COVID opt out last year. So he hasn't played football in a long time. And, uh, you know, maybe there was some rust for him to, to sort of knock off, but, uh, he had a broken tackle. Um, in, I think the Steelers game, they get another one against the Patriots. So he's not like this guy that you breathe on and he's going to go down like, uh, like a Danelle Pumphrey, for example, like you actually do have to bring him down if you're going to get him to the ground. So, um, yeah, that, that was encouraging to see. And, and, uh, the other thing I'll note too is I, and I didn't go back and look for it, but, uh, Nick Sirianni had mentioned, uh, I think it was during the Steelers game yeah. that, uh, he chipped a, a defensive end coming off the edge. And yeah. uh, sort of made that guy think twice uh, on his next pass rush about kind of coming hard off the edge. So, uh, yeah, encouraging signs for him that he's not just a guy that can that, that has some speed and that can catch the ball, but also has, you know, a little bit of a physical element to his game as well. Uh, anything else from the game for you? Uh, 
No, I mean, it's, it's just so like there are there are portions during the second half of the game where I was just writing like my mm. post game thing and just not even paying attention to the game at all. Like that's how bad it had sort of become. And at that point in the game, it was basically just, you know, a lot of guys that probably aren't going to be on the team at that point. So, uh, yeah, I think we can just probably move past that game and uh, and uh, or do, you, do, you have anything, do you have anything more? OK, just like it's like kind of like uh, potpourri here. I'll just run through some okay. things. Milton Williams drew two holding penalties. That's nice. Continues to soap yep. promise as Ed Rusher. Uh, Aaron Sipos has up to nine preseason punts, Jimmy, for a 52.5 average for perspective. Uh, Corey Bo, 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 I can't say his last name. Corey hey, B. Jorkes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He <laughs> led the, the NFL. Yeah, I, I don't know why I couldn't say that. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if that's right either, but I just know how what it looks like on paper. He led the league in punting average last year at 50.8. Now, obviously, okay. Sipos is going to retain that rate, but still, he's at a really good average is the point. Uh, I think he's like ninth in preseason net average. So Sipos, I think, has won the job. Uh, I have – what else? I'm scrolling through here. I have uh, Joe Flacco, his stats, Jimmy, outside of the Quez Watkins touchdown, you know, which is like – <laughs> a very short pass right. that was turned into a touchdown. Like he's only at 19 of 33. So the 57.6 completion for a 182 yards, 5.5 average, zero touchdown, one interception and a 60.4 passer rating. So we kind of already touched on Flacco, but I just kind of wanted to contextualize that a little bit more. Uh, Zach McPherson has struggled in the preseason. Uh, clearly hasn't had the success. He, that had he's a rough had game in the against the he did. And then I had Rager down here in my loser section too from the game, just because it's just like he, he had three targets, he had five yards. I think the catch he made was nice because he got sandwiched by two defenders and he mm-hmm. held on. But like we're just not like seeing anything from him. And I know, I know, like I don't think that fourth and four was totally his fault, but I did like he couldn't create separation. I feel like he got like de- like derouted by the corner on that play. Like the corner got his hands on him and th- like knocked him off his route. Um. Just haven't seen, you know, what we wanted to see from Rager in the game. So that was disappointing. And then I kind of, I also had Jordan Howard in here in my losers, Jimmy. Um, I don't know if you saw that. Did you see that, uh, play where it was like third and one and they ran it and Howard oh, had the ball? Oh, you had a big hole and, and, and yeah. it's like, like, I was so confused <laughs> right watching that replay. Down. I'm like, yeah. like, what happened here? Like, he just like stopped. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He couldn't hit the hole hard enough. And like that's supposed to be his like bread and butter is like you know his short ability yards as and a short yardage runner is uh, I believe a little overstated. Hmm. Last year in particular, like I lo- actually looked at like what his numbers were in those short yardage situations, and he was he was really bad uh, last year with the Dolphins, and then um, he didn't really have many carries at all with the Eagles last year after they acquired him like midseason. But um, I think that that's a little bit of a of sort of like what were, what what he used to be like like you know what he was the year when he was good uh, with the Eagles and when he was with the Bears like he was that guy but I don't think he's that guy I don't think he's I don't think he's like I don't I don't think he should really be on a roster anymore I don't know if that's unfair to say but wow. um I think there are better options than Jordan Howard and but he seems to be a guy that's going to make the team based <sighs> on uh you know what we've seen both in practice and in uh, the games in terms of like where he is on the depth chart. So that's that's insane, Jimmy. It's insane that a guy who like hasn't been or the way I'll phrase it is that he was able to be on a roster after the Dolphins cut him in November and wasn't until the Eagles signed him. Uh, I believe in April mm-hmm. earlier this year. 
like re-signed him. Like he was able to join a roster. Now to clarify, he was on the Eagles practice squad last season. He wasn't actually on their roster. So any team oh, who right. really they wanted just him, elevated him for yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so like any team could have signed him at any yeah. time, and they didn't. So it wouldn't make sense to me for the Eagles to then <laughs> keep him on their roster right. during final cuts because there's no like there's no indication that any team would sign him. Like you can just cut him and then bring him back if you really want to at a later date when you make roster moves, which I think we should touch on a little bit here next with Tyree Jackson. Uh, we even podcasted since uh, his injury, Jimmy. Oh, is that right? Uh, okay. Well, we we saw it happen on Tuesday's practice right in front of us, but we were like we thought he might be okay because he didn't really get evaluated or he didn't like leave practice at all. But turns mm-hmm. out that he's out. These are actually calling him quote month to month, which is like you know in, and, in yeah, old like last year that, that would meant he's like yeah. basically on his deathbed. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, uh, I mean, that's kind of interesting because. We all thought he's going to make the roster. He's the number three tight end. And he still might make the original 53-man roster if you want to put him on injured reserve because you can't put him on injured reserve until the 53-man roster, that original 53-man You can't do it now or you else he's put, out for so the you, entire if you season. Put him, you can. If you put him on injured reserve now, he's done for the year. Yeah. If you put him on injured reserve after 53-man cutdowns, you can put him on the short term where he only has to stay on for three weeks. Yeah, and then I think his, his projected timeline, if you go off the eight ten weeks, is like mid October or so, mm-hmm. sometime in October. So you know that's like a decent amount of time um, that you could have him back for if he does get healthy in time. So uh, I feel like they should do that. But um, yeah, I think he's still going to make the original fifty three man roster because I do think that. So like I, I agree with the sentiment that some people have that like the idea that uh, a guy getting to practice with the team all year is a little overrated. Um, but I think in his case, there is something to be said for, you know, sure. practicing with the team all year because he's learning a new position. And then uh, additionally, like, I think he can actually maybe help the team uh, later in the season. So, you know, he got hurt with three re- with three weeks until the start of the season. So, I mean, he would if he does come back on the short end of that projected time frame. Uh, at eight weeks as opposed to 10, then he'll be back after week five. So I think he's, I mean, Alshon Jeffrey, they kept on, they kept on the roster for 10 weeks last year uh, instead of just leaving him on the pup list. So, I mean, for a guy like Tyree Jack, certainly they're not going to like cut him and try to bring him back on the practice squad or anything like that. Like it's either going to be long-term IR or short-term IR. They're not going to expose him to other teams around the league. And I think if they were going to put him on long-term IR, they probably would have already done it. And also we probably wouldn't have gotten a time frame from the Eagles at all for his return. They just wouldn't have mm-hmm. told us like what his time frame for return was going to be. Uh, so I think he's going to make the team and he's just going to, he's going to be back on the, he's going to play at some point, uh, you know, later this season, whether that uh, the, they'll have a ramp up period. I'm sure once he's ready to go, I think they'll throw him right into a, a regular season game. But I think, you know, around like week eight, nine, something like that. I think we might actually see him in a game and, and potentially contribute. Well, around that time, Jimmy, is the NFL trade deadline, or mm-hmm. at least kind of around there. And my new theory on Zach Ertz, Jimmy, is that the Eagles are keeping him. You're buying and, some time. <laughs> yeah, they're they're trying to make a decision. Uh, well, one, in part because, as we've said before, usually it can be or is a seller's market by the deadline. Yeah. So there might be, you know, and his, Zach Ertz's value might never be higher 
then until that point uh, at the deadline and a team, you know, has an injury or they think they're like one piece away. So you can kind of uh, get something for him at that point. And I think it's kind of gives the Eagles more time, as you're saying, in terms of like, hey, if we're good, we'll just keep them for the rest of the year because we like what, you know, we're doing so far. Or if they're not, it's like, OK, then we can just sell him and we can try to get max value. So that's my new theory on that. And that would also kind of be uh, a coinciding uh, factor or whatever you want to call it with. Tyree Jackson returning, like you could ship out Ertz and then you could activate Jackson around that point. So that's just a thought that I had. And the last thing I had in the game real quick is that, uh, Kayvon Wallace got hurt again. He re-aggravated his groin. Kayvon Wallace, who kind of trash talked Cam Newton, as we last mentioned, calling him the check down king. And then Cam fired back at him. Uh, and Kayvon Wallace obviously was responsible in part for giving up that completion, which led to a touchdown for the Patriots. So uh, not the best for Kayvon as he continues to miss time here and kind of loses ground in that safety battle. But yeah, that's all Cam I have from the called game. him glitter uh, yeah. because he associated mm. glitter with cheerleaders mm. and he associated cheerleaders with watching from the sideline, which is what Wallace did for the, the practices. And then he got ready for the game and played in the game. I didn't think that that touchdown was on him necessarily. Mm, like it, it looked like they were in zone coverage and he was in the general vicinity, but it was okay. So like, yeah, I mean, that might've been, you know, his zone or whatever, but I wouldn't say that like the, the, only the way that the, that the new England reporters were treating that play <laughs> as if like, he had gotten torched on like some deep route or something. It was ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> like, he get, like, he get, and also, first of all, like it's a preseason game. <laughs> like, uh-huh. like it's not like uh, any big point was proven there. Uh, but uh, whatever. <laughs> All right. So that's it from the game. Why don't we take a break here, yeah. Jimmy, and then we get into the practice that the Eagles had on Sunday evening. But not before you tell me about Kristen Roach or Roach Trailers. But bef- not before I tell you, Jimmy, about Rights of Selling Craft Turkey. Go to Rights of Selling Craft or dot com. Actually. The other one won't work. Righteousfelon.com. Use discount code BGN15 for 15% off the best dang meat snacks you can get for yourself. And other non-meat snacks and other things they have. You can check it out at the site for yourself to see what they have and why I talk about it so much. It's good. Jimmy, how do I contact Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors? Her phone number is 856-906-9295. If you're looking to buy or sell a house, Contact her again, 856-906-9295 or go to roachrealtors.com. Brandon? Back after this. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. 
find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Now here on BGN Radio, Jimmy, let's get to the notes that we had from the Eagles practice on Sunday evening, which originally was supposed to be at Lincoln Financial Field. It was supposed to be their second public practice. Uh, it did not happen that way because there was a threat of rain in the forecast and didn't end up raining. Um, so kind of unfortunate, I guess, in that regard. But the Eagles nevertheless practice indoors at their indoor bubble, which is a limited practice facility. This is not a full football field. How long is it, Jimmy? It's like, what, 80 yards or something? Uh, I think it's not it's, a full field. I think it's 60 yards plus the uh, end zone. Okay. So... It's yeah, small. Not like, it, like you look at that bubble compared to like um, the only other NFL practice bubble I've been to is the Giants. Um, mm -hmm. And it's huge. It's a full field and they have room full field with, you know, full end zone. So 120 yards plus room to spare. Uh, and it's like it's monstrous yeah. in compared to the Eagles, which is a weird thing. Like when yes. Chip Kelly showed up to Philadelphia, he was like, it's like what is this crap? Like, you know, like the facilities at Oregon were, were better in, at least in terms of the indoor practice uh, bubble. So, uh, yeah, they don't want to practice there. They, they want to practice outside as much as they possibly can. And they normally will, uh, it, even if like there's, you know, some rain or whatever, but, uh, with Herrick, excuse me, tropical storm, uh, Henri coming and going, uh, mm. it actually wasn't raining during the practice itself. I guess they just weren't. You know, I, I, I guess they didn't want to, I don't know if there was like a the decision was made, like the optics of moving, <laughs> of moving the practice yeah. from like the open yeah. practice at the stadium in front of the fans to just a practice outside instead somewhere else. I think that would have, you know, maybe pissed off a lot of people. Uh, so they just kept it inside because it wasn't raining during the practice. So, uh, I don't know, whatever. It doesn't matter. Normally the practice bubble practices are like useless. I don't want to say useless, but they're very boring from our mm -hmm. perspective. Like we don't get to see like a lot of like, fun action going on but i felt like this was a very fun semi-intense kind of spirited practice i would agree with that characterization jimmy i had definitely had an up tempo pace to it all the eagles were working on situational football for the first time in my time covering the eagles jimmy uh it was interesting to hear a head coach call out the downs and distances oh, like yeah. nick sirianni <laughs> right. was doing with the megaphone and 
and some other things. You have the megaphone, so I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, my biggest takeaway from the practice, Jimmy, is first of all that Jalen Hurts was back, which is important to note. Yes, and he like because I was you know somewhat of a concern because. Adam Schefter had said uh, that he had a stomach infection, which is why he missed the game on Thursday, and that he was recommended to stay home at least two days. So, I mean, I guess he did on terms of Friday and Saturday and back on Sunday. So he was out there. I don't think he looked good, Jimmy. I don't think he looked great on his first day back. Um, the offense as a whole, it was kind of like the theme of training camp where the offense just wasn't totally in sync, mm-hmm. or at the very least, uh, they were getting beat by the defense. Uh, the, Nick Sirianni announced that the defense won the first period. I heard him say that, mm-hmm. as you, I'm sure you did too. I thought Hurts held onto the ball too long in general. He took like multiple sacks. I don't know if receivers weren't getting open, but still, you know, I've talked about that before in terms of Hurts not, Hurts not always throwing guys open. Uh, so yeah, I don't think the offense was good as a whole. There was a scenario, obviously, that the Eagles scripted out. Obviously, I say obviously because you saw it, where the Eagles were down eight points with no timeouts. 45 seconds left to go, and they had the ball at the 25-yard line. Oh, it was the 25? I thought it was the 35. I wasn't sure on that. I, I, I think it was 25. Okay. But, uh, yeah, either way, um, Hertz couldn't get the Eagles into the end zone. And there was a couple, there was a couple like, concerning moments in that drive, or at least one where, like, he checked down to Devontae Smith at one point, uh, I think when they had about, like, 22 seconds left, and, like, it was in the middle of the field, and that ran, like, 15 seconds off yeah, the clock. It wasn't, a, it wasn't a long gain either. So And like, it wasn't for a first down, yeah, I don't think, yeah, either. Yeah, like, yeah. it wasn't even to move the chain. So that was kind of weird. And then on his final play, uh, he tried to fire a ball into Quez, but it couldn't. Uh, it was like a bullet, and he couldn't get it in there. It was good coverage. Avante Maddox uh, was on Quez, and Jonathan Gannon really liked the coverage there. Um, So overall, uh, I just don't think it was the best practice for Hurts. Maybe that's, like... He deserves a kind of a break after going through a stomach infection. He's not feeling totally 100%. So I'm not going to try to kill him for this. But I just didn't think it was great for him, the offense as a whole. I kind of thought Joe Flacco outplayed him, honestly. The one play that I thought he did make that was nice was when he rolled and he scrambled. And he got like, uh, I don't know, like a 10 to 15-yard gain. Uh, and he got out of bounds. Um, yeah. And that's we already know we can do that. I'm right. trying to I'm, – I'm now just uh, trying to think of how many times he's, he was in – hurry up situations last, last year. year yeah and none like other end, than of, end of half situations this did, was there one against the saints i think yeah where i think like he actually had a number of long runs yeah um, but then elliot missed the field goal he missed the that short field sounds goal. right yeah. yeah that sounds right to me um but yeah he uh he has that obviously in his game where um in those hurry up situations if you're going to play like a really like a soft shell defense then he can hurt you with his legs and, and get yes. out of bounds and or slide and get down and, and get up and spike the ball or whatever. But um, yeah, I, it'll it'll be interesting to see him in those situations. We really didn't see much of him. We haven't seen much of that in practice either, like the, these hurry up situations. So yeah. um, it'll be interesting to see. And I think he's smart. Like he's a smart player sure. and he understands, um, you know, uh, I think he'll, he'll have like a good understanding of what to do in those Except situations. Devonte Smith, so, pass, but yeah, <laughs> right, yeah, uh, yeah, not not a great moment there, but uh, I, I do think he that is something that he'll be good at um, when he gets more experience at it. I think uh, for all our criticisms of Flacco, I think he's actually kind of looked good in these situations. Mm-hmm. Like there was the two minute drive well, they, against the, the Steelers. Won. Yeah, they, they they won on that one. He found and then, uh, yeah. Well, kind of in the back of the end. Well, I mean, well, yeah. I guess they didn't get the two point conversion. Um, yeah, they didn't even like, get it off. <laughs> Flacco like <laughs> right. threw it into the dirt. I don't know what happened there. It, no, you know what it was? It was like uh, it was a version of the the classic uh, Andy Reid shovel pass. Mm. It just looked different. 
because uh, okay. he throw it overhand as opposed to shoveling it because they ran that. I don't. I know. I know. I've seen that this this summer. I don't know if that was in a game or if it was uh, during one of the practices, but they did run that. We're, you're going to see that this year where they run a version of the Andy Reid uh, shovel pass, but it's an overhand throw by the quarterback. I don't think we got the shovel pass enough under Doug, which is funny because yeah, did we know, get it at all? Really? I mean, like maybe. A couple times, maybe listeners can point it out if they remember. I can't remember. It was always fun when Andy got around like the two yard line, and you, like, yeah, and you could shovel pass, and, and everyone knew it was coming, here, and they couldn't stop it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, does what's he still your, do that in Kansas City? I think he does. Oh, okay. they do a lot of stuff. Jim, yeah, in Kansas City. Uh, what's your next thing? Because I, I started off with Hertz. Well, I wanted to go back to the wide receivers, and and this isn't necessarily from the practice itself, um, but. There's this idea that like the Eagles need to trade for uh like a veteran wide receiver and um like I kind of don't get it <laughs> like they like we we've mentioned uh throughout the podcast they have Devontae Smith they have Jalen Rager they have Quez Watkins Smith and and Rager are both 22 years old Watkins is 23 obviously Smith is a rookie those other two guys are in their second year like I want to see what they can do if I'm the Eagles like mm-hmm. like why would you bring in some if you're going to trade for like some star wide receiver who's going to be a part of your future for the next half decade or more then that's a different story but they're not going to do that because they're not going to trade away you know some kind of major asset for some like great receiver so you're adding essentially some kind of mediocre receiver who really is only going to serve to you know i mean he might be better than one of those three guys during the season during this particular season but what how does that serve you like long term Mm -hmm. and like if i'm the eagles i want to see what i have in Devontae smith and jalen rager and quez Watkins, and let those guys play let them get snaps don't be a progress stopper and like let's let's see what they can do and let's see if they can get better along the way as well too so um it's just something that i don't don't know if it's like i don't i don't know if it's just kind of something that's grown out of nothing but it it is something like when I do like radio hits or TV hits or like Fucks. or like uh like chats or whatever. It is a question that I seem to get like repeatedly. Are they going to you know trade for a veteran wide receiver? And I just don't see any logic in it at all. Jimmy, if the Eagles were all in to win the Super Bowl this year, I would disagree with you. Sure. I would say get a wide receiver who can play. Don't just count on Jalen Rager right, because like he's not looked good enough to right. just bank on. I would say go get someone, but I think, as we've reiterated time and time again, the Eagles are not all in to win the Super Bowl this year. That doesn't, and that doesn't mean they're not trying to win and be competitive. That's not what that doesn't mean. Too many double negatives there. I'm not <laughs> saying that, like, they're not trying to win at all. That is, no one is arguing that they're trying to lose. The point, though, is the owner of the team, Jeffrey Lurie, literally said we are going through, quote, like a real transition period. And he likened it to specifically the 2016 season, Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz's first year. It's not an all-in season. It's a season about fact-finding. They're trying to find out, like, what are the long-term pieces we have on this team? And that's not something you usually do in a season. You're not trying to find information out as you are trying to win games. Like, they're trying to win, yes, but that's not the only priority like it usually is. Another priority is finding out, like, who are the building blocks on this team? And part of that is seeing what you have at wide receiver with, again, like, uh, like guys you drafted. You, yeah, drafted you, inve- high. You, invested, you invested draft resources into these guys, obviously. 
with in the case of Devontae Smith and Jalen Rager, very high too. Yeah. And obviously Quez is a late round guy, well, but he's Quez, really Quez good. and Hightower were, were, were both, I mean, they, they took two receivers, uh, in that draft with the hope that, you know, one of them would, would turn out. Well, actually, they took three receivers essentially in that draft, sort of in, uh, speed receivers in Hightower, Quez, and they traded a pick for, uh, uh, Marquise Goodwin. So they're hoping yeah. that like one of those three guys kind would of. pan out and Quez might be the one that does. So like, let's see what he can do. Don't immediately bring mm-hmm. in a, a veteran receiver and take away snaps from any one of those three guys, whether it's Watkins, Smith or Rager. Yeah. Like that's the thing. Who are you taking away? Who do you want to lose snaps if you're trading for a veteran <laughs> right. receiver? Like you, you don't want it to be Devontae Smith. I don't think anyone is making the case for that. I can't see how you would want it to be Quez given how all he's shown right. and has like earned a starting job. It would be such a slap in the face for him to him to like not let him start after he's basically done everything he can within reason to earn a starting job. And then Rager, you know, obviously I'm not like super thrilled about his outlook, but at least let him play and see what he yeah. has mm-hmm. and like and evaluate him. So yeah, I'm I'm on the same page as you. With yeah, that. it's it's not again like like you said, it's not like you're trying to lose or you're not like you're no. not trying to win, but you do have to weigh the. I mean, you have to balance the the short term and the long term, and the long term makes more far more sense to see what you have in these three wide receivers. All right, so that was your thing. Um, my next thing. Uh, it wasn't the most note filled practice, uh, Jimmy. I didn't have a super long list of notes. There was some injury stuff, mm-hmm. um, but I don't think anything too pressing that we have to get to there. Uh, well, Andre kinda... Dillard, I guess, would be the thing okay. there where he's back, sort of. He's limited for now. Sort of. So it'll just be interesting to see where he's at in joint practices against the Jets. Like, is mm. he going to be a full go against them in joint practices? And then he's going to play in the game. <laughs> so, like, uh, that could be dicey. I mean, we'll see how he plays, uh, in, in the game and in these joint practices, uh, coming off his, was it a sprained knee? knee. Is that what it was? Um, so yeah, he's, he's at least back a little bit. He participated in individual drills, did not play in 11 on 11s. The other guy that did, that did play was, uh, LaRaven Clark, who mm-hmm. recently came off the pup list. And, um, he was the second team. Uh, left tackle. I didn't focus in on him. I know that you mentioned that he had a, well, a false start. I think. Yeah. Um. But you know. Uh, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get it. We'll get it. He's a guy that I'm gonna that I'll be interested in, in taking a look at. Uh. Because he'll he'll be he'll for sure not for sure but very likely will be a full participant uh, in joint practices this week. So it'll be interesting to see what he can bring to the table as a potential backup left tackle. And the Eagles with um. Clark at left tackle, second team. They actually moved Brett Toth to left mm-hmm. guard, which I thought was interesting. Kind of interesting new and Sua ankle. to right guard. Yeah, so interesting that they're kind of shifting the line around the slate and camp. Um, Jimmy, why don't we get into our uh, MVPs, LVPs play of the day, and then we'll get into some look ahead Jets talk. Um, so, who was your MVP for Sunday's practice? Unless you need me to go first. Uh, so I have a good one. I'm gonna go very obscure here. Okay. I'm going to go Josiah Scott. Yeah, that's who I have. <laughs> yep. He had a nice pick uh, over the middle of Joe Flacco, mm-hmm. I think. And then yep. uh, later Leaping in practice. Pick. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it wasn't just some like ball thrown right to him. Like he made a play on that pass. And then uh, he had another play. I believe it was Jack Stoll yep. was trying to bring in a pass over the middle. And he hit Stoll and was able to pop the ball free. So that's a guy that. He's difficult to figure out for me mm-hmm. in terms of putting together the 53-man roster because he's a slot corner only, and he's a reserve. So you 
typically you want your reserve corners to be able to do both or do multiple things. And he's just a slot corner. So, so it was strapped though. Yeah, right. But I, I didn't think that was really a great use of, uh, of a roster spot for him either. Uh, and I don't know if they did either, but, uh, he's a guy they did acquire for a six round pick, six round pick in 2023, I think. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, they did go out of their way to bring him in. I assume mm-hmm. he was a guy that Dave Caldwell liked. Dave Caldwell was hired with the front office. Is he still with the team, by the way? I think so. Yeah, okay. So I assume it was just a guy that he liked. He's had like a he's made some plays during this camp. Um he's gotten beat other times, mm-hmm. but he's uh he's an interesting player in terms of uh when when our when we have our dumb media fifty three man roster competition. <laughs> he's going to be the uh, maybe a guy that like makes or breaks it for somebody. Yep. Uh, I had him as my MVP for the same reasons as you. Uh, like you said, I think he was not very good against the Patriots last week, or at least I saw him getting beat a little bit. Okay. In, uh, during practice or during the game? Uh, in practice. So he's kind of been up and down on the whole. But yeah, just I think a really good practice for him on Sunday. Um, who do you have as your LVP? Why don't you go first? Because I haven't okay. given that thought yet. So, oh, I got mine, but go ahead. Okay. Well, we'll see if it's the same as yours. <laughs> I have to give it to Miles Sanders, Jimmy, okay? Because he had another freaking drop, and it's just like, dude, like, like, what are we doing here? Like, I, I just, I don't know. Like, I don't, I just don't. It's like, it's a pretty concerning. Again, he led the league in, in terms of running backs last year and drops, and he continues to just drop passes like too regularly and i think he's still going to be it's it's not even like saying anything new i think he's gonna be a fantastic runner but i just seriously question that third down back kind of role for him or his his ability to contribute in the passing game also on another reception i should note um in that 45 second crunch time drill like he didn't get out of bounds i don't know so that was on the opposite side of the field okay so yeah i think what happened on that was uh the defender took the sideline away and he said, mm-hmm. okay, I'll take a couple extra yards, ran by him, and he would have gotten out of bounds in actual tackle football, but okay. because this was only two-hand touch, they called him down in bounds. Okay, but still, like, <laughs> wasn't the best. And then at one point in practice, he got ridiculed by a coach and a teammate for not being in the right spot and lining up on the offense. Oh, yeah, um, Fletcher Cox yelled out to well, him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he's like, learn your playbook, Miles. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> like, just between all that, I'm not, again, I'm not out on Miles Sanders. Yeah. I have hope for him, but, like, come on, man. Like, I just w- I wish he had a better training camp. I really do. I think that's fair to say. I think, and I think the Eagles probably wish he's had a better training camp, too. Not that he's had a bad one, because, again, he looks pretty good as a runner, but, like, it can't just be that. It can't just only be, like, he's a, he's a good runner. Like, it has to be more, and it just hasn't been, and that's disappointing to me. So, he's my LVP. Yeah, I think, I think he's going to have a good year, because I think he looks really good as a runner. Sure. But uh, our, I think the frustration with him, of course, as we've noted, is he's not catching the ball well at all. And that was, you know, you mentioned his struggles as a receiver last year. And I think he's got the potential to be like a, like one of the one of the best backs in the NFL. If he could just put it all together as a runner, as a receiver and in pass protection, like he has the ability that he showed as a rookie that he can, that he can be very effective catching the ball. He had 50 catches for like 500 something yards and looked yeah. very good as a receiver. Uh, so we know he can do it. It's just, uh, he hasn't caught the ball well. It's actually kind of interesting too. Like in, uh, in practice, they, they have this huge picture, I'll call it, I guess, with, um, sort of like their core values. Sirianni's like five core values. Do you know what they are, Jimmy? Uh, well, yes, because I have it right in front of me. Okay. <laughs> Good. But they're connect, complete, or excuse me, compete, 
uh, accountability, football IQ, and fundamentals. And the four mm-hmm. players that they have featured up on this thing are Brandon Graham, uh, Rodney McLeod, Jason Kelsey, and the aforementioned Miles Sanders. So mm-hmm. Miles Sanders uh, made that, uh, I guess, whatever you want to call it. But uh, yeah, poster, poster, whatever. Yeah, but uh, yeah, he's. Uh, I, I think I think he looks very good as a runner. It's Agree. Just, it's totally. just. It's just. Uh, you know. We're always looking for more <laughs> out of these players when they have the potential to do more. And uh, I don't think he's he's. I mean, he's, he obviously hasn't. He's been disappointing, I'll say, as a receiver throughout yes. camp and, and in these games. Well, yeah, it goes back to like I just don't think it's a great second round pick if he can't develop as a receiver, and it's not a guy you're potentially signing to a, a new contract if he doesn't develop as a receiver. Like this is a long and like in the, going back to what we were saying about. Like trading for a veteran, like this season is about finding long-term pieces. And Miles Sanders might have a great year, and that's great as a runner. But like, is he a long-term piece? Mm-hmm. That's more important to me. And that he hasn't been able to catch the freaking ball, like, gives me doubt about that. So that's why I'm concerned about it. I'm not concerned again about his ability to run and be a positive contributor in that aspect. But again, I just think it has to be more. And on that poster, Jimmy, that you talked about, that replaced the Eagles Vince Lombardi Trophy that they had in their ah, practice yeah, bubble. Okay. That's what used to be there in that, that that big spot. So I thought that was a little interesting. Um, and we kind of like turned the page thing, which is is good. Good. Turn the page on the Super Bowl because this is not the Super Bowl team. Uh, it's a new era. So there you go. They uh, they lived off that. They they, <laughs> they built that for all it was worth. Uh, Jimmy, why don't we take another quick break here? Okay. Because then we'll get into the kind of look ahead. Yeah. For what we have well, let me give you next. my real quick. I'll give you my uh, LVP. Uh, oh yeah. I I have Fogum. Uh, we already mentioned, you know, he, he yeah. has not had a good camp, but also didn't have a good practice yesterday. Uh, he had a drop, as you mentioned. Yep. There's another play where I thought he could have, uh, done more to win a contested catch and just didn't. Um, yep. so yeah, uh, he'd be my guy. Play of the day, real quick. I would just say it was a deep pass down the field from Hertz to Zach Ertz, who okay. we both have agreed has had a good camp despite the thinking that he might be mopey uh heading into this camp he has not been that at all he has played hard and he's played well i had my the uh, i agree with you on it and i had josiah scott as my play okay, of the, day. the pick okay so all right uh yeah so we'll take a break here back after this Kristen Roach of Roach Real Tours, Roach Real Tours, Roach Real Tours. Kristen Roach of Roach Real Tours. She's the greatest. 856-906-9295. 856-906-9295. 9-5. 9-5. Back here on BGN Radio, Jimmy, it's our final segment we have here. So the Eagles had their final practice at the NovaCare Complex facility open to the media uh, fully this summer for the rest of the season on Sunday. But we will be getting to see them on Tuesday and Wednesday up at the Jets practice facility in Florham Park, New Jersey, which we have decided, yes, is North Jersey, 100%. Sorry, Diana uh, Diana Rossini. Um, Jimmy. I guess, what are we looking for in this week ahead? And, oh, 
also question because there's a rumor out there, a report from BGN alumnus, BGN radio alumnus, Mike Kay and Adam Schefter as well, that the Jets are looking to trade for a mm. pass rusher after losing Carl Lawson for the season, which is significant, by the way, because the Eagles play the Jets this year in the regular season later on, and they won't have Carl Lawson at that point, which is kind of a big loss for the Jets. But they might have a former Eagle on their roster. Could the Eagles trade away Derek Barnett? I don't Sweat. see it. Uh, I don't see them trading Josh Sweat because I think the Eagles are going to have a better idea of what his upside is, having watched him dominate at times in camp this year, whereas other teams haven't seen that. So he's not going to be as valuable in the minds of other teams as he will to the Eagles. The Eagles want to see what they have in him this year during the regular season. And then uh, as far as Barnett goes, he would have absolutely been, um, you know, I mean, the first – player you know as soon as like the jets looking for a defensive end first player you'd think in the league Derek barnett because that, like that was joe douglas's first pick with the eagles <laughs> yes and he's playing uh or he was anyway on the eagle salary cap at a little over 10 million uh on the fifth year option that they exercised but uh a week or two ago whatever it was they restructured his contract where they paid him uh, a signing bonus of like they took that his 10 million dollar salary and they paid him a signing bonus of like nine million, so his actual salary is a little bit under one million. But uh, what they did was they made him very difficult to trade because if mm. you trade him now, uh, before, like before they had restructured his contract, they could have just traded him and his contract and it'd been clean. They wouldn't have um, there would have been no dead money hit at all. It would have just been a savings of over ten million dollars. Here's Derek Barnett. We'll take a third round pick in return from you Jets. Thank you very much. Have a good day. But that's not the case anymore. So uh, if you trade Derek Barnett, you're uh, you're taking a cap hit of like nine million bucks, um, and that's 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 actually obviously not good. So uh, we'll uh, we'll see if there's any movement there. Like I don't see any other defensive ends that the Jets would have interest in uh, on the Eagles roster. Joe Osman. Joe Joe Osman maybe. You want you guys want Ryan Kerrigan? Any interest yeah. there? So yeah, I, I don't see any kind of deal being worked out uh, for an Eagles defensive end uh, with the Jets. If they do trade for one, I think it'll be from some other team. That's a shame on the Burnett thing. Um, you know, I like Derek Burnett. I'm not trying so to do like, I, right? and, and he's rush a, him off. He hasn't had a bad camp necessarily. R- no. Real quick, I will note with Derek Barnett, like he's got that shoulder injury now, which yeah. is day to day, which isn't like a big. I think he's actually is he limited now or dated it? Whatever, it doesn't day matter. To day. So, uh, you know, he'll be back. He'll be ready for the start of the regular season, presumably. But he's had problems with that shoulder before, and yeah. it, it, if it's a continuation of the problems that he had. Previously, that's not good because he's missed no. significant time with that in the, in the past. Yeah, I just think it's too bad. Like, because I think that would make a lot of sense to, a trade, like trading him uh, in a situation where okay, the Eagles are looking at this like we're probably not going to resign both Barnett and Sweat, which they can in theory, but it might not be the most realistic in terms of cap allocation and then also the players' desires. Like, does Josh Sweat? And Derek Barnett, like, do both of them want to be back together? Mm-hmm. Like, wouldn't you think, like, no, I don't want to, you know, be back if I have to kind of split playing time. I want to be the starter. I want to be the guy. Um, so that's something to consider. But the yeah, Jets I just have thought eleven it'd be a, picks in twenty twenty two. By the way, that's what I was just about to say. Yeah, the Jets oh, have, okay. and they have two <laughs> seconds. So it's like I could see uh, one of those being used 
in that kind of deal. And, and also they have two firsts. So that makes me think they could be even more willing to part with one of those seconds for a player since they have right. all these picks anyway. And I feel like, you know, in theory, they could have traded for Barnett, let's say, and then signed him to an extension. Um, but <laughs> won't be happening now yeah. because yeah. of what you outlined. So, uh, not great. Um, but you know, uh, Howie Roseman and Joe Douglas will be talking, I'm sure this week and they'll get a look at each other's players. So that's always another, uh, angle to joint training camp practices, getting the close up look, uh, like the Eagles did once upon a time right. with Jay Ajayi, who they eventually traded for in 2017. So, uh, any other things that you're looking for, I guess, Jimmy, at these Jets? Joint, joint training camp practices. Yeah, I'll, I'll hit the uh, easy one here. It's just a continuation of what Jalen Hurts showed in the first set of joint practices where I thought he very, very out, clearly outplayed Cam Newton and Mac Jones in those joint practices. Um, as a continuation of that, like I think – well, I mean in those practices, I thought he showed you know command of the offense and he was more accurate in those practices than he had been uh, throughout the start of tra- – like early in training camp. I mean – there, there was that one practice where the, I've never seen the offense play as poorly as it did that one day. And they had other days where the offense was just very, uh, I mean, just really bad. And he's, he's, and he wasn't all to blame for that, but, um, he, he's gotten a lot better as training camp has, has gone along. And particularly in those two open, you know, those two practices with the Patriots, uh, I thought he played pretty well. And, uh, as a continuation of that, we, it'd be nice to see that again. Uh, against the Jets and then for him to actually play in the game <laughs> against the Jets and mm. uh, perform well in that would be, uh, I think, a nice confidence builder, not just for him, but for the team around him to believe that they can, you know, win games during the regular season. I think it's important that that they put together, you know, one last little stretch here in these two practices in the game. If Jalen Hurts is not outperforming Zach Wilson and Mike White and James Morgan and Josh Johnson, that would be a little concerning. Um I agree with you. You kind of, I was going to ask you, you mentioned it in there, like, should Jalen Hurts play in Thursday night's preseason game? And I feel like yes. Yes. Oh, I yeah. Like I yes. don't think there's, I don't think it's even a debate. It's between like not playing last week when right. we thought he would have and the extra layoff this year from the final preseason days. games. Yeah. Yeah. Until week one. Like, that's just too long of a time. I feel like, cause like if he doesn't play, he won't, he'll not have played since what? The Steelers game. <laughs> like, like almost a month or over a month from that Steelers game. Until, uh, week one. Now, obviously, the joint training camp practices have been in there, but still, it's just, that's a practice. It's not game action. So get them yeah, in and out. Like, like just for, yeah. for the purpose of like playing at a, in a road stadium and, you know, going sure. through the motions of, of getting ready for a road game. Cause your, your first, your first game of the season is also a road game, obviously in Atlanta. So get them just used to that. Start them. And I think maybe you just do the same thing that you did in the Steelers game where it's, yeah. it's two series and done. Get them out. Yep. I totally agree with that. Um, what I'm looking for is obviously Hertz. Like, that's the big thing. Um, but, you know, I'm going to keep my eye specifically on Jalen Rager too, because, you know, he had those moments in one on ones, which is great and fine. But like, please, Jalen Rager, show me something in team drills. Mm-hmm. Now he did have a bunch of catches on Sunday, but they were like all underneath and shorter stuff. And like, I don't know, not like particular noteworthy to me. They're kind of like, you know, three or four yard catch here and there. It's like, it wasn't anything. Like, it wasn't anything especially noteworthy to me to write about. Like, that's fine. He wasn't dropping him, so that's good. Um, and he was working out of the slot a little bit, which, okay. Um, but yeah. So I guess him, uh, defensively, what do I want to see? Um, I mean, I feel like it's probably 
concerning again if like the Jets defense or sorry the Jets offense with a rookie Zach Wilson and not like a bunch of amazing players on that team is just like carving up the Eagles defense yeah. I don't expect that to happen but if it does that will be a little concerning to me um anything on that side of the ball so I guess uh this is more just generally speaking but I wonder does, does, does it matter if they win or not because if they don't they'll be <laughs> winless for the preseason so I'd actually look at uh hmm. the uh, the records of the teams that during the regular season that had gone winless during the preseason. And I looked at a sample size of the last 10 preseasons from 2010 to 2019. And what I found was that it didn't really matter. Like the teams that, uh, that went winless during the preseason, some of them had good seasons. Some of them had bad seasons. The overall winning percentage was something like 478 or something like that. So a little below 500. Uh, but it, it just, there wasn't anything, uh, overwhelmingly, um, I guess, uh, there was an, an overwhelming takeaway that teams that don't win games in the preseason are doomed to have this terrible regular season. So I don't think that matters all that much. And then also from the Eagles perspective, like they looked as Nick Sirianni put it crisp in the first half, which is what mattered during the Steelers game. And they looked sloppy in the second half. Uh, we already sort of a little bit excused some of the, you know, what, what went on in the Patriots debacle in the second game. Although I think we both agree that it mattered some uh, mm -hmm. in this third game. We certainly want to see them look better heading into the regular season. But ultimately, I don't think it matters if they win or not. It just matters if the first team offense is able to move the ball, um, show that they can, you know, create separation, block it up, uh, you know, move the chains, et cetera, et cetera. And for the defense, again, like you said, not to get lit up by an offense that isn't particularly, you know, like a, a juggernaut by any stretch. Uh, so just a solid performance, but it doesn't really matter if the if the score ends up being if the Eagles have fewer points at the end of the night than the Jets. Um, I'm seeing here on Twitter um, something from ESP that said, yes, the Eagles should try to trade for Denzel Mims. I just want to remind everyone that. Denzel Mims called the uh, Philadelphia a dirty ass, trash ass city last year um, and didn't want to go there. So maybe don't trade for that guy. Um, to your point about the preseason mattering, uh, I wasn't trying to throw shade there on ESP, by the way. I'm just trying to like remind people that like Denzel Mims, like we don't have to be like, let's acquire that guy. By the way, he doesn't look good in Jets training camp, apparently, which is why presumably he's available. Anyway, that was a tangent. But Jimmy, uh, on the Eagles preseason performance i kind of have an assignment for you that i feel like you're not going to do but okay. i feel like might be more noteworthy than the record and like how have the teams with the worst point differential in the preseason done okay in the past because that's what the All eagles right. have right now right they're, they're minus 43 in their first two games which is the worst in the nfl and they are what 52 and 0 in their last six quarters which is funny by the way because before the game on uh thursday yeah. night jimmy i tweeted out that uh, the Eagles had a strong press box spread, at least I thought, between the pulled pork and the burnt ends and everything. I mm -hmm. liked that a lot. Thought it was good. Good job by the Eagles. And I had tweeted out kind of, you know, like, oh, I feel really good about the Eagles tonight. They're going to win by 52 points because, you know, <laughs> Super Bowl 52 and they're playing the Patriots. Yeah. And then it turns out that they have been outscored 
by 52 points in their last six quarters. So I think it's when it gets to that point that that's not great. Like that doesn't, that number doesn't seem like kosher to me. Like you gotta be a little bit better than that. I feel like, uh, like their depth is just getting obliterated. Like we're just seeing that happen. It's like they're not even standing a chance. So, uh, somebody actually had replied. So so, sorry to cut you off, but like I I had, uh, you know, I put that, you know, the, this, this stat up of the regular season records, uh, after one uh-huh. of those preseasons, somebody replied that there's actually somebody did a study, um, where there was a line of demarcation at, I think it was actually 43 just for points scored. So if like you didn't score, uh, over 40 some, I think it was 43, but 40 something points during the preseason in its mm-hmm. entirety, you didn't make the playoffs. And it was a pretty mm-hmm. decent sample size of teams. Yeah. Like, um, I think it was uh, like around 30 teams, uh, you know, since whatever date they used. Um, But like none of those teams made the playoffs. So I thought that was at least kind of interesting. Uh, Obviously, that doesn't really apply to this year because there's only three preseason games as opposed to four. So that magic number kind of can't really be used anymore. But I think just the, the general point is that if you if the offense isn't putting any points on the board during the preseason, then that's not really great. And they haven't done, and they haven't done that yet, really. Well, and, they've, and the offense also hasn't been, you know, super awesome in practice either. Yeah, it's so. been one Quez Watkins play, and then beyond that, it's been a couple field goals. Right, and you know, again, vanilla, all that, all those caveats, all the starters not playing for all the time, and some of them missing, blah blah blah. All those things considered, we know. Um, any final thoughts, Jimmy, before we wrap up? Uh, looking forward to get up to Jets uh, training camp up in Florham Park. Um, Back to your stomping grounds. Yeah, I used to live like a town or two over from there in Springfield, New Jersey. It's a nice Mm. little area, the uh, state up there. So uh, looking forward to that. And uh, yeah, the season's right around the corner. I mean, Mm. you just mentioned a minute ago, 16 days from the final preseason game until the regular season. So as we sit here now, what are we at? Like basically like three. Well, we're we're recording this on uh, what's today? Monday, Monday morning. So we got 20 days until the Eagles first actual game in Atlanta and uh, some things along the way, like final cuts uh, is next Tuesday. So it's, you know, we're gonna, we got a little, a little busy work uh, over the next three weeks uh, leading up to the season. And uh, I'm, I'm ready to go. Like, let's get this season going. Yep. Ready to see it. Let's see what the product is. Uh, not that far away. Not that far away. We will be here with you for our daily post practice podcast recaps on Tuesday and Wednesday, the Jets practices. Jimmy and I will both be there covering it. So stay tuned here on bleedinggreennation.com and the podcast feed here, Bleeding Green Nation podcast feed and phillyvoice.com for Jimmy's practice notes. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Brandon Gowton. Follow Jimmy Kemsky on Twitter at Jimmy Kemsky. Follow Bleeding Green Nation on Twitter at Bleeding Green. And then the podcast on Twitter. It's a lot of Twitter, I know, at BGN underscore radio. Uh, you can check out Right to Sell on Craft Jerky by going to righttosellon.com using discount code BGN. 15. You can check out Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors by going to RoachRealtors.com or giving the phone number to me. 856-906-9295. And you can check out uh, a bunch of other stuff uh, in terms of NFL coverage. A bunch of other stuff. Good job by me. If you want a bunch of other stuff, you can go check out some place and that place will have it. Um, no, the SB Nation NFL show for all of our NFL coverage. We're talking about Carson Wentz on there because Carson Wentz returned to Colts practice apparently or is today, although in a limited capacity. So that's good news for the Eagles. So a lot of things going on with the NFL season ramping up. Of course, uh, check it all out. 
rate, review, subscribe. We really appreciate it. We'll get to your questions that we've been maybe missing. If you've left some of the reviews, we'll get to those. If you leave a question, we will absolutely answer it. So we owe you some of those. Uh, but until next time, Jimmy. Goodbye, everybody. P-G-N. Support for this show comes from HubSpot. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Doing business has never felt harder. But you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You just need HubSpot. Because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this. High-quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on the phone? No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.